recorded live in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Trivial Warfare. More than just a pub quiz, Trivial Warfare is your gateway to a worldwide trivia community. Join your hosts, Jonathan. We just described Ric Flair as Neanderthal <laughs> Man and Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Chris. Yo, we going down to Sesame Street. That's, that's, that's your impression of hardcore rap? No. <laughs> Carmella. That would irritate the hell out of me. I'm like, I just want my groceries. <laughs> <laughs> my ice cream is melting. <laughs> ben. ben. Four halogens in that list. It was, oh, oh, my God. You were like, it's not the halogens. I'm like, no, Ben, no. Those damn halogens got me again. <laughs> and the rest of the Trivial Warfare Army for another week of fun and games. Now here's your host, Jonathan Oaks. Welcome back to another episode of Trivial Warfare. We are the podcast that takes the pub quiz out of the pub and brings it home to you. My name is Jonathan, and I am here today with the one and only Carmela Smith. Hello, Carmela. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you. I am here. I didn't today. go far. <laughs> no, you've been here all day. Uh, I'm here with four awesome guests. I have two Nicks, a Josh, and an Erica, and a partridge in a pear tree. Yes, right. So let's start with Nick number one, Nick Groves. Hello, my man. What's going on? Welcome back to the show. Thank you, sir. Uh, we have Nick number two, Mr. Nick Weingartner. Hello, Nick. Hello, everyone. I don't know why I'm number two. I think you know. <laughs> I think you know. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. A, a doctor, you know all about number two. All right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm here with Mr. Josh Winrick. Hello, Josh. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Greeting from Arizona. Welcome back. And last but not least, we are here with Miss Erica Johnson. Hello, Erica. Hi. Hi, everyone. Oh, Glad to be here. So happy to have you all here. So let's uh, get to know each of you a little bit better. Now, all of you have been on the show at least once, which I it's that's happening more and more now. And it's kind of nice because everybody kind of knows the rhythm and has mm -hmm. a, a sense of the vibe. So that's cool. Uh, Mr. Nick Groves, we'll start with you. Remind everybody where you're from, what you do, and uh, tell us something fun about yourself. Absolutely. So I live uh, outside of Washington, D.C. in the suburbs. I am the guy who takes the pub quiz out of the podcast and puts it back in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. We, so, we, we uh, synergize well together. Yeah, it works it, out really well. Yeah, it's like a yo-yo. It's yo -yo. like a perpetual motion machine. I take them, you take them. I take them, yeah. you take them. Exactly. So uh, I run District Trivia here in D.C. as well as uh, Bridgetown Trivia out in Portland, Oregon, Old Line Trivia up in Baltimore and Northern Maryland, Patriot Trivia up in Boston, and uh, a couple of other companies that are uh, – uh, working with us in order to improve everything about the pub trivia experience. Sweet. Fantastic. And something fun about yeah. yourself. Something fun about myself is that uh, I have no life. So Yeah. Did you hear all those companies he listed off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but but to be fair, he didn't have a life before that either. Aww. This you know. is true. Uh, huh. I have uh, my, my lovely family, my wife, Sarah, and my two children who take up a lot of my time. And then everything else I do is related to trivia. So it's all work related. And to that end. As some of you may or may not know, and everybody listening may or may not know, I have uh, launched a new Trivial Warfare project recently. Sure did. So, uh, this is uh, all part of my hobby and what I do for uh, for fun. And the, the basic premise behind the project is that 
uh, in talking with Jonathan, usually after midnight, because apparently he doesn't sleep and neither do I. Uh, <laughs> also true. Yeah, we have uh, uh, figured out that there is no archive of of the episodes and the questions. I mean, the, the episodes themselves exist, but there's no written recordation of the questions asked, the people on the show, uh, you know, the winners and, and everything along those lines. And after looking at a bunch of different members of the TWA putting together pieces of it, I figured it'd be a great idea just to do the whole thing. So uh, I launched a project and we've ha- already had about 20 or 25 people that have, have hit me up and talked to me about it and, and we're already moving forward with the whole thing. So hopefully this is a, a huge, enormous project that we can group source our way into in a, less than a month. So cool. if you're interested in helping, uh, hit me up. Absolutely. And there's a post on the Trivial Warfare Army Facebook page that lays out what we're doing and gives a link to the forms that we're using to fill everything out. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Uh, Nick Weingartner, your turn. Tell everybody where you're from, what you do, and tell us something fun about yourself other than having an awesome beard. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I do have an awesome beard for all of you at home that cannot see it. Um, (laughs) So I currently live in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, My wife keeps getting promoted and just moving me all over the place. So we (laughs) said goodbye to D.C. about a year and a half ago, and that was sad. But... Down here, I work as a data science manager for a lending company. That takes up a lot of my time, so I don't know that there's too much particularly interesting about me. I do not have any children, just, again, this beard. (laughs) I do have a wife and drive a Kia Soul, so I guess that makes me a cool guy. Um, (laughs) My wife and I are big craft beer fans. I think last year I had 600 distinct beers from different places around the country and we travel for that so it's either a hobby or a terrible problem (laughs) why can't it be both that's true it's a good way to look (laughs) at it trivial warfare is frankly uh now you and lauren carey need to get together because she's a big fan of bad beer too do you say bad beer (laughs) well he said the craft beer right yeah, <laughs> most of it, man. Yeah, no. Come down to Jacksonville. I got some places it's to take all you. IPA. <laughs> how many IPAs? Had you, out of your six hundred, how many were IPAs? Oh, probably about a fourth. Yeah, that's like that's like one hundred and fifty horrible drinks right there. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to drink flavored water, that's your prerogative. But uh, <laughs> no, I like, I like dark go flavorful beers. I just don't like poison. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I well, I'm not teasing about hating IPAs, but I think that's awesome. Very cool. All right, Josh Winrick, remind everybody where you're from, what you do. Tell us something fun about yourself. And I right, golly, man, it's been a while, but you were the first winner of our first giveaway ever. I remember that. I, I was. That yeah, was that awesome. was. Uh, that was uh, when you called me on April Fool's Day. That was. Uh, that was a pretty fun message. I wasn't <laughs> sure if you're or not. I should have sent one to everybody on April Fool's Day. <laughs> that would have been mean. No, you're right. That would have been horrible. Uh, but uh, I currently live in Phoenix, Arizona. I was in uh, the D.C. area as of eight months ago. But I am military, and the only thing constant in the military is change. They uh, they move you around. So I'm I'm currently at the local air base here. Uh, you know, doing what we do. It's been uh, it's been a little fun, but uh, this is kind of a reunion for me because the last time I was on the show was with Nick Weingartner, uh, where we teamed up to go against Chris and Carmella. And then uh, when I was living in D.C., I'd always meet every week with uh, Erica and other TWA Army members, uh, Tanya Parrott and Brenda Crowley, to go 
quite trivia. <laughs> so uh, I haven't seen Erica in uh, about a year, so it's kind of kind of nice little reunion. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. Absolutely. I was excited to be able to bring you two on together. <laughs> All right. Uh, Erica, remind everybody where you're from, what you do, and uh, tell us something fun about yourself. Yeah, so I am from Fairfax, Virginia, which is a suburb of, of D.C., um, a native just like Nick, and I work as a compensation consultant, so my job is to get your uh, bosses and employers to pay you more money. Oh, I need <laughs> so to have a talk with a you later. Oh, what's your phone number? <laughs> and something fun about myself Hmm. I don't know. It's funny because ever since I was on the show the last time, when anybody asks, you know, give us a, a piece of information about yourself, I always tell them I was on a trivia podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess Still I'll say something awesome. that I'm looking forward to is uh, I, I'm planning a big trip to Europe in April. I'm excited to, to be visiting Munich and Vienna and Prague. So really looking forward to that trip. Oh, that's cool. amazing. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. So this cast is all DC all the time. Well, they were. <laughs> they were. At one point. Yeah. 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 Well, it is awesome to have all of you guys here. So excited. And you know what? I think it's time now for a little thing that I personally like to call Warm It Up Chris. It's time to warm it up on Trivial Warfare today. And there's only one person who can warm it up for the TWA. And that's Chris. And sometimes Jonathan. And sometimes Jonathan. And sometimes Jonathan. That's right. All right. So today's Warm It Up Chris comes to us from the one and only Paul Boyer. Thank you, Paul. We know Paul. Paul likes to make things up. And He's good and, at it. Try and trick us. <laughs> He's also really good at drinking and knowing things. <laughs> yes. No. Paul, former Jeopardy player who specialized yes. <laughs> in drinking and knowing things. Uh, so here's what Paul said. He said, I figure it's time for another one of my real or fake rounds. This time we're doing breakfast cereals. The following list is either an actual breakfast cereal that has been produced by a major company or something I completely made up off the top of my head. Players must decide if they think each example is real or fake. The order has been randomized, and in certain cases, the spelling should probably be noted. Hope you enjoy. In certain cases, I will not tell you about the spelling. You are okay. screwed. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. If, if, if it's Don't be a jerk. <laughs> if it's meaningful, I'll tell you. Okay, here we go. Let's start with Erica. Okay. Erica, serial number one is thank yous. And it's thank in the letter U apostrophe S. Thank yous. No, that sounds dumb. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it is fake. You're right. Good yeah. job. Hey. You, just, you just have a bowl full of horseshoes. <laughs> nah, that's a uh, all right. Nick Groves. You get brand daddy. Brand daddy. Brand daddy. He's the is brand daddy of them all. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go fake. It is fake. Hey! Good, two for two. By the way, that's my first correct answer on Warm It Up Chris, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time for everything. Yeah. All right, Nick W. We have um, Crazy Cal. Crazy Cal. That was my nickname in high school. <laughs> um, I'm going to say that that's real. It is real. Is it a cereal in the UK? I don't know. Come on, that's funny. Crazy what? Cow. Crazy. Why would it? <laughs> It's mad cow disease, Jonathan. 
Oh, <laughs> sorry. There were multiple leaps and my brain only achieved one. <laughs> oh, right. Um, Josh Winrick, Raisin Cane. Raisin is spelled like the fruit and cane is spelled like the sugar. <laughs> that's pretty good. God, that sounds like a horrible cereal. Uh, I'll say real. No, fake. Completely <laughs> fake. I do miss, um, there was a raisin brand type cereal, crispy wheats and raisin, when I was growing up. And it's not out there anymore, and I enjoyed it. I miss it. Raisin brand is my favorite cereal. Is it? Raisin brand's good. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. All right, Carmela, you get honey buzzers. I'm going to go with, that's real. It is real. I think it's like a malto meal kind of thing. Sounds like it. It sounds like a, like a honeycomb knockoff. Yeah. You know? All right, Erica. Grins and smiles and giggles and laughs. <laughs> it's full of sugar. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, that sounds too long to be real. I'll say fake. It is real. <laughs> Grins and smiles and giggles and laughs is, in fact, like, a breakfast cereal. Infused if it stopped at Grins and smiles, I might have said right? real. <laughs> so so they're, they're going to come out with another brand called Shits and Giggles. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat that. <laughs> Little brown turd emojis are going to be the the shape the of them. The oh my god! You know, they, people would buy that emoji a cereal, chocolate yeah. cereal with like poop emoji marshmallows. That's going to be a big hit, especially among five year olds. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now that I think about it, we could have a trivial warfare cereal with little night heads as the marshmallows. Uh huh. That's a, that's a Nick Groves kind of idea right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Always got to put a product with service. Nick loves <laughs> business ideas. The dude is always on. Uh, Nick, is it your turn? It is. You get freakles. No, sorry. Not freakles. <laughs> sorry, that was wrong. You get freakies. Freakies. So Wheaties, but uh, supercharged. It's like Wheaties for freaks. Right. Oh, yeah. I like freakles better. Uh <laughs> yeah, freakles is a much more. Uh, I'll, I'll go with fake. Real. Freakies real. is real, yes. No doubt. You're back on your normal track now. <laughs> yeah, I, was thinking, I, had, I had one bright, shining moment, and now I'm back in security. You'll always have brand daddy. <laughs> uh, all right, Nick W. Uh, you get kitty corn, spelled K-K. So kitty corn with K's. Kitty corns. That that also sounds disturbing. Um, I just don't want to believe that this exists. <laughs> that means but it most assuredly these, does. <laughs> I know. If I don't get these cereal questions right, my wife will be mad. I bought all these cereal pop figurines for like $100 that she didn't think I needed. So <laughs> oh. I'm going to go with this as real, and then I'll try to get an action figure of it. Fake. Aww. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, Sadness. Josh, <laughs> you get tasty crumbs. Tasty is T-A-S-T-E-E. Crumbs is C-R-U-M-M-S. These, these people are terrible spellers. <laughs> I, and I, that's what, I say it's real just because of the misspelling. I'll, I'll, do, I'll go with that. I mean, it could be like crumb being somebody's last name, Mr. Crumb's Tasty Cereal, but it's fake, so it's, it's not. Fake. Yeah, it's completely fake. Oh, man. Paul is on a roll. (laughs) All right, Carmela, see if you can help your team out here. Nintendo Serial System. That's real. 
it is real. That's definitely real. The Nintendo cereal system is a thing. I have definitely eaten that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Erica. Sweet Heavenly Oats. Sure, that's real. No, it's not. No, (laughs) no, sure ain't. It sounded so promising. It sounds so good. All right, Nick G. OKs. Letter O, letter K, letter S. OKs. Capital OK, lowercase s. Capital OK, lowercase s. Is apostrophe? There's no apostrophe. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go fake. Real. OKs is a real cereal. They're just OK. I've heard they're OK. Nick W. Fidget spinner crunch. Oh, that's stupid enough. That's got to be real. It is fake. It is fake. Oh, my gosh. He is killing y'all right now. Do you have enough to go six or seven times through? Because we're obviously not warmed up. Uh, you're gonna get, after Carmela, you're going to get one last time through. All right. uh, Josh, Bill and Ted's excellent cereal. Uh, I'll, I've gotten real the last two times. But I, I still want to say real because that would be a great cereal. Uh, I'll, I'll say real. Keep it going. This cereal was excellent. It's real. It's real. <laughs> Sweet. Carmella? Yes. You get Elijah's mana. For for those religious people out there, I got Carmella with Elijah's mana. <laughs> <laughs> Is it produced by Quaker Oats? Uh, real? Real. Oh, my God. Yes, it's real. Good job. Yay, three for three. All right, last time through. Erica, King Vitamin. I'll say real. Oh, it's real. You got it. Yes, I've it had is that real. cereal. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right, Nick Groves, last chance for glory. Uh huh. Slim Jim cereal. <laughs> <laughs> Only macho men eat it. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you can dig it with your spoon. <laughs> uh. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say real. It's fake. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, thank goodness for Brand Daddy. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, Nick W. Good friends cereal. Good friends cereal. That sounds like something that could have been a thing in the 70s. I'll say real. It is real. Well done. All right, Josh. Sir Grapefellow. <laughs> Sir Grapefellow. <laughs> I'll, uh, I gotta go fake with that. I, Paul does an amazing job with these, but that one's real. <laughs> Sir <laughs> Grapefellow, yes. Yeah, that's the, the Grape Nuts uh, pledge fealty, too. And, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure there was one of the, the, the that was, uh, it was like the, the Halloween character ones for General Mills, like they have Blueberry and Calchocula, stuff like that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Sir Grapefellow went with something like Baron Von Redberry or, or <laughs> there was all of these weird characters. Uh, and then Carmela, last but not least, bowl full of happiness. Have you had your bowl full this morning? No, actually, this is the first thing I had eaten today. I'm glad you ate. <laughs> yeah. See, here's the thing. I haven't gotten any wrong yet. And uh... <laughs> You want my help? I can give you an answer, and then you can go the other way. 
It's a good strategy. And you should do that. You should legit let him tell you what he would do and go the opposite. <laughs> that would be the one time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say that's that's fake. I mean, it has such an amazing slogan. Have you had a bowl full this morning? Mm-hmm. But it's fake. Yay! Fake, Woo-hoo! Carmella, the sweep. <laughs> Did anybody else? I sweep? absolutely was gonna go real. I really was gonna <laughs> say that that was real. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, that is your warm it up, Chris. Thank you, Paul. That was yes, fantastic. Thanks, Paul. Great job. All right. Today's game is going to be Erica, Josh, and Nick W versus Jonathan and Carmella with Nick Groves hosting. And it's time to play the game. Play us. Oh, yeah. Y'all know what time it is. This is Mr. Literature himself cordially inviting you to the game this is six rounds of trivia goodness three questions per round every right answer gets you 10 points in the middle we'll take a pause for the cause and ask a midpoint question worth up to 20 juicy points after round six you can wager any or all those points you've been building up and take a shot at the final round it's a series of theme-based questions we call the gauntlet it's just that easy, baby. But this game ain't gonna play itself, players. Let's get it on. All right, Nick, take it away. All right. So, round one, question number one. The category is thanking the academy. Didn't you just do the... an awards for your first question? Yeah, in the my last first one? question last game was in the award goes to. Oh my god, you <laughs> oh. people! So obviously, we have to put our heads together beforehand. Yes. Well, no, it's All okay. Right. It had nothing to do with Academy Awards. Mine does so. All right, your question is, one of the most prolific Oscar winners of all time, who has won an Academy Award for the movies Jaws, E.T., and Schindler's List? Sure. Yeah, we're locked in. So- all right, Trey, I'm Rhett. What do we think? Oh, that's right. You have a team name. <laughs> What's, team What's name? your team name? I think Nick Nick came up with this. I think he should let us know. We are the triumvirate of awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love it. So let's let's not ruin that on the first question, guys. There you go. That's right. <laughs> My thought was like John Williams or a composer or something. Ooh, that's but... not a bad direction because it seems like the director category is too obvious there. Uh, with Spielberg? Yeah. And I don't remember him getting it for Jaws. I, mean, well, I know what Schindler's List won Best Picture. Did I mean, did E.T.? No. I know J- Jaws didn't. No, I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree with Nick that Spielberg seems the the red herring. Yeah, but yeah, John Williams, he's he's pretty prolific. I mean, I'd be comfortable with that. Yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say let's go with Williams then. All right, Carmela. We didn't think of John Williams. We fell for the trap as soon as you <laughs> said, "Well, maybe like John Williams." I looked at the list and I'm like, "Well, that's right." <laughs> um, I'm so disappointed that we didn't even consider it. I was like, "Oh, well, it's the first question, so maybe it'll be an easy maybe one." Maybe it's an easy one. <laughs> and uh, we, we said, said Spielberg. Spielberg. Uh, the correct answer is John Williams. Yeah. <laughs> Nice, Erica. That Woo! was so well done, Erica. <laughs> yeah. As soon as she Erica, said John Williams, my inside went, yep. <laughs> <laughs> my rear end went, uh, yep. 
Erica, you were spot on. Jaws was exactly 1975. Rocky was 1976. All right. Question two. Your category is live from New York. More than 579 people have hosted Saturday Night Live in its 44 years on the air. Of those 579 people and still alive as of this recording, who is the oldest person to ever host an episode? And for a bonus two points, who is the youngest? Erica, can you lock in? You look like you, if you guys can lock in without talking, then one of you should do it. No, let's discuss. No, we need to discuss. <laughs> I like hosting. There's no pressure involved on my <laughs> Richard Pryor's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I'm disappointed. That is sad. Really? <laughs> yeah. No. So we're going through names. So we, we, I think we've got the youngest. And on the oldest, I'm like, what about Richard Pryor? And she's like, he's not alive. I'm like, oh, my God. It may be a little soon. It was 13 years ago. (laughs) Jeez, no wonder I missed it. All right, we're going to lock in. Guys, my first, my brain, like, immediately went and thought about how John McCain hosted in the early aughts, but he would have only been in his 70s. Trump hosted in 16, and he would have been around 70. But then I remembered that Betty White, I think, turned 95 this week, and she hosted about five or six years ago. Would have been around 89. White is who I have, too. She was the first one that came to me. I had Betty White as well, because I remember there was like a Facebook campaign or a Twitter campaign to get her uh, to host, and and that's what prompted it. So Uh, then we're all in agreement on White for, uh, for oldest. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Now for youngest. I wondered if Drew Barrymore hosted like around the Firestarter or ET days when she was pretty young. Ah, that's interesting. I know. I know Macaulay Culkin hosted, you know, mm-hmm. right after Home Alone, and that would have made him younger than Lindsay Lohan. Okay. I want to say that there's been someone more recently that was, was young. younger, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I wrote down like. Um, Chloe Moretz, Abigail Breslin, or maybe Elf Fanning, but I don't recall if they've ever hosted. Yeah, those are good, good options, but I don't, I don't know. I've kind of fallen off in the last couple of years of watching episodes beyond YouTube. You and everybody else on the planet. <laughs> I just catch the highlights. <laughs> I don't even yep. do that. Filter. Yeah, out the- I thought there was somebody recently too that was young younger to do it as well but i can't put my finger on it but when you said drew barrymore i really liked that answer um, yeah. i visualize it <laughs> more so than the others i would get behind drew barrymore i think i don't know uh, maybe something in the recesses tells me that could be it i like I, I like that better than Culkin. okay is that what we want to do yeah i like that Okay, I think we'll lock in with Betty White for oldest and Drew Barrymore for youngest. All right. Carmella. We didn't think about Betty White. Come on, why are we bad right now? (laughs) (laughs) I was confident in Drew Barrymore. She was either four or six, and I remember hearing that somewhere. So we said Drew Barrymore for the bonus. We couldn't think of Betty White to save our life. We were just looking for very old stars <laughs> and couldn't, didn't come up with her at all. And it sucks. I struggled to get to one, the one that we did get to. Which we was... ended up going with Dick Van Dyke. All right. The oldest person in 2010 at 88 years old was Betty White. 
And the youngest person at seven years old in 1982 was Drew Barrymore. Nice job, guys. Nice, guys. Hey, nice job, guys. Uh, you got 12. We got two on that question. All right. Question three. All right. Question three. Your category is what's in a name? Mensa is the name of the oldest and largest high IQ society in the world. What does the Latin word mensa mean? We're locked in. Mind? Brain? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I clearly I, don't belong in there because I thought that was an acronym for something. Me too. Uh, sorry, I thought Latin. that too. <laughs> me too. I was sitting here starting to try and think what the acronym might yeah, be. Yeah, I was like, please don't tell me that I have to say what that acronym means. <laughs> My first thought was minds, like, like dementia or... Yep. I... That's my only thought. Your guess is as good as mine. I I equated it with some of the other uh, with Spanish since that's what I that's what I've taken. Uh, I equated with mesa, which maybe table. But, you know, how the heck you would get from table to mensa as a intellectual group? I I don't know. Table of brains. Table of brains. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a work by Judy Chicago. <laughs> 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 Here's a long way around the barn. In Legally Blonde, <laughs> they talk about the legal term mens rea, which is, um, I believe, about being of sound mind. So that was another thing that made me think maybe it stands for the word mind. Sure. That's a perfectly plausible <laughs> argument. I get all of my knowledge from pop culture references. <laughs> I don't think any of us are coming up with any other alternatives, so let's go with mind. Yep. Well, we also said mind. All right. The correct answer is table. Get out no, of here. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. It's that table? That is the correct answer. You're freaking kidding me. <laughs> no, no the not. Latin word mensa means table. That's... It does not. Yes, it does. Oh, my God. <laughs> I am sorry, guys. Josh. What? You got it. You knew it. Yes, you knew it, man. <laughs> I was not confident in that answer. I oh, man. Wow. I mean, I think all of us are stunned at this moment. <laughs> but what's especially stunning is that that was in the back of your head somewhere. And the, oh, man. Wow. Is it April Fool's Day? <laughs> Ah, well, I'm going to take the headphones off. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the first round, oh gosh, we're going slow again, Carmela. It's I'm 22 back. to two. 22 Hooray! to two. Erica, <laughs> Nick, and Josh have the lead. All right, moving on to round two. Question number one. Your category is "Ooh, baby, baby, it's a wide world." Mentioned in the musical number, the world was wide enough. What is the name of the federal judge who served as Aaron Burr's second in the duel that killed Alexander Hamilton? Yep, I listened to the song yesterday. It's not it's not something <laughs> like that, is it? It's not too All right, I we're locked, locked in. in. Uh, I just saw this oh, 4 or 5 weeks ago. I'm going to see I'm it tomorrow. I'm totally peeved because well, this enjoy. should be my category, and I don't know the answer, and I'm really, really angry about it, because all I can think about is every other song on the yeah. soundtrack except it's okay. that one. I literally listened to this song yesterday, and so I'm like, <laughs> um, well, crap. <laughs> the only name that's coming to mind is Roger Stone. 
<laughs> Which I, I think the, is correct. <laughs> I, I, I know I'm not supposed to do this at the host, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you that Roger Stone is wrong. Hey, 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 hey. I'm sorry, guys. I feel like I should have uh, I should have known this one, but it's not coming to me. Oh, believe it or not, early revolutionary era judicial history is a soft spot for me. <laughs> All right. So historically, we're looking at federal judges. Is that that was in the question? Like Rutledge or Rutledge or John Jay or John Marshall? Any Jay was. Judges? You know what? There was just a meme posted on the effectively wild plug for another great sports cast um, page about. Burr and Jay being on the same team with somebody else, and they were making a joke about how they were back together. So, with shaky ground, you could argue maybe it was John Jay. He was the first Supreme Court uh, justice, Chief Justice. Uh, I mean, with just a drizzle and no thunder. Hmm. John Jay ringing a bell, Erica? It's not. I'm having a block, and I'm really, really angry about it. <laughs> you know, when when I think about that song, that is not the piece of information that I would pull out of it. No. it that, that doesn't jump out at you. No. <laughs> I can do the Marquis de Lafayette's rap. <laughs> That's more impressive. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. So I, I'm happy to go with whatever you guys think. I like John Jay, and then with your little additional information, uh, I'd say he's as good as any. All right, then. I guess we'll lock in with John Jay. All right, so I'm pretty familiar with the song, and in my mind, there are names that are mentioned in that song that aren't mentioned anywhere else, and I remember experiencing curiosity about them as characters, even though they're not characters, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so I've paid attention to the names, or I've heard the names, and I remember there's a there's a Peabody I believe mentioned uh, who I think is a doctor. There's a Pendleton who's mentioned I believe who I think might be Hamilton second. Pendleton might be the doctor. It might be the doctor and Peabody could be right. Hamilton yeah. second. And the other name I wrote down Ness, which I was looking for first, an N. But then I think it's a Van Ness. I think there's a three beat like dunt dunt dunt. Uh, and so we said Van Ness. All right, so uh, also a metro stop here in Washington, D.C. <laughs> the correct answer is William P. Van Ness. Yes. Yep. <laughs> it is a metro stop. Wow. Uh, Ooh, that was a good get. I feel good. I feel good. I listen Excellent. to that song when I really just want to cry. For real. Oh. All so right. Good. Question two in round number two. Speaking of, sorry, category- speaking of crying, yep. you know what makes me cry? The Ooh. orphanage. Every damn time. Oh, God. The orphanage. Oh, my God. It's so bad. The whole second half of the second act. Seriously, man. Just so powerful. Yeah. But you can't can't imagine how amazing King George is just listening to the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Round two, category number two. Your category is, who are you going to call? Outside of the Ghostbusters franchise, in which thematically appropriate movie... Does Dan Aykroyd play the character Ray Stance? All right, we're logged in. 
Okay, guys, I think that this is just a like a bit cameo where he shows up, maybe with one of the other Ghostbusters, and I can remember him saying "You've something like along the lines of, you've got a real problem here when the protagonists are going through a series of these, and the only thing I could think was maybe it was in Casper, because they were trying to get the brothers out of the house. It's funny, because that's the only thing I wrote down, and I don't know why that came to me, but that's what I wrote down as well. I I can picture the scene, and you're right, Nick. It's a, it's a cameo. He walks out of the house, and he hands something to the, the protagonist. So, yeah, you've got a real problem here. Then he walks off. And I, I can't think of it, but Casper would, I guess, meet that requirement. I can't think of any other movies that would meet that thema- uh, thematic uh, intent. It's the That's the only thing that's in my head. That's all I could think of as well. It's I, I can picture the scene. I just can't think of the movie. I don't know. It's going to bug me if it's not Casper. Is it Table? <laughs> <laughs> That's too soon, Jonathan. Too no, soon. no, not, not for me. It's not. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I can't think of any other movie. You want to go with that? I'm okay going with that because okay. I have no other ideas. <laughs> all right, then. I guess Casper locked in. Have you seen Casper? I have. It's a movie with Bill Pullman and uh, Devin Sawa plays Casper. Is he in Casper? Huh? Is he in Casper? Devin Sawa? No. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd. Uh, I think they're right. Damn. I think they're right because it's, it's Bill Pullman standing outside the house and someone comes to him and says, you've got a real problem and leaves. You know what it should have been? It should have been Beetlejuice. That would have been a great fit for a Beetlejuice movie. Yeah. But we didn't say Casper. No, because I've never seen Casper. And I haven't seen Casper since I had a crush on Devin Sawell when I was like nine. (laughs) That's why you remember his name. We said Scooby-Doo. We were hoping he might be a guest at the hotel at that Scooby-Doo movie, which would be a funny place for him to show up. All right. Well, the movie came out in 1995. It starred Christina Ricci and Bill Pullman. It was Casper. Nice. Oh, my God. As soon as they said Casper, I was like, yep. Yep, that's the movie it was in. All right. Round two, question number three. Your category is, I was told there would be no spelling. Oi. Oi. Spell Schwarzenegger. When expressed in Roman numerals, what is the largest number that is also a word in the Oxford English Dictionary? All right, we're locked in. This question is scary. (laughs) (laughs) I thought of lots of words, and then I'm thinking, I don't remember the rules about how to actually translate it correctly. Like, when do you subtract? When do you add? So I feel a little dumb right now. But I came up with three words. (laughs) What you got? Civil, civic, and livid. I had civil. I didn't think of the other two. So what are the so, letters? I I think it if the smaller if the smaller letters in front of the larger letter you subtract. So if if you have like an I in front of a V, that's four. Four. So based off of that, I have the word mimic. Ooh. So I know M is a thousand. Yes. So based off of my Yeah, I don't know if you would I don't know if you would, since it's M-I-M-I-C, if that would be 2,000, let me see, what would that be, 1,001? Uh, I don't know if that would. I know, I can't. 
Like, do you subtract the first I from the second M to get exactly. 999? <laughs> yeah, that's, and do you subtract the I from the C? I, I don't know. <laughs> this is my new favorite trivia question. By I hate this <laughs> trivia question. <laughs> and a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> but I guess we know that it, it, beats, it beats civic and it beats civil. Because yeah. that's only hundreds. This is why Rome fell. <laughs> yes, this one this thing. Is, well, the arc, the math involved in architecture was a real pain. <laughs> so yeah, ba- based off of your so 2098. So I, I don't know if you guys got a word that can beat mimic. I'd say that's. I'm good with mimic. That's a good one, Josh. Right. I think he's asking for the number. No, you're asking for the word, right? Would you like me to repeat the question? Sure. When expressed in Roman numerals, what is the largest number that is also a word in the Oxford English Dictionary? So we actually have to interpret the number. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm going to be here all day for this one. (laughs) Be nice. Oh, it's not that. It's the question asker that I'm irritated with. (laughs) I like 2098, Josh. I, I see how you got there. Yeah. I don't know okay. if it's right, but I if I had to pick one of the two you recommended, I'd pick 2098. No, that's that's yeah, I I'm comfortable with that, Nick. Josh, I trust you always. <laughs> Use the force, Josh. <laughs> yeah, just like people. <laughs> 2098. All right. All right. Well, so Jonathan wrote down livid first off, but I had shot it down because I said, that's not how you express a Roman numeral. Um, you wouldn't have those spaced out like that. So then Jonathan wrote mix, which is a way that you would express a Roman numeral M-I-X, which gives us 1009. All right. 1009 is the correct answer. Mix. <sighs> yeah. 2098. <laughs> Uh, 2098 is M-M-X-C-V-I-I-I. All right, now you're just showing off. <laughs> <laughs> has, has nothing to do with the fact that I have a Roman numeral calculator open on my computer. I used to pay attention to, you know, at the bottom of the credits yes. on movies and yes. stuff, I used to pay attention to the Roman numerals. To the years. So uh, I, I saw MCM for so long. <laughs> yep. All right, well, after the second round... Jonathan and Carmela did measurably better in this round than in the last round. Needed to. Scores are 32 <laughs> for Josh, Nick, and Erica to 22 for Carmela and Jonathan. All right. Round three, question number one, and I'm going to try to do my best Ben Young impersonation. Your category is food and love. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the chocolate bar Toblerone depicts which mountain in its logo? And for two bonus points, what kind of animal also appears in the logo? I agree with both of those. We're locked in. My guess would be Matterhorn and a bear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't know why. I would agree with on, on the Matterhorn. I've never eaten one of these. No. Me either. I had a physics problem once where we had to calculate the moment of inertia of a box of Toblerone, but that's as close as I've got. <laughs> you know what? I was just thinking, he said food and love. Does that 
give us a clue as to what the animal might be? Like, why would it be food and love? Or am I reading too much into the category name? Who doesn't love chocolate? That's or true. Or bears. <laughs> well, what kind of animals are found on the Matterhorn? Oh. Goats. <laughs> yeah. The St. Bernard's with the little barrels. <laughs> Yeti. Don't forget Yetis. Oh, Yetis. Yetis. Yep. There you go. I don't know. I was thinking like a, a deer, elk, like a stag, something antlered, but I have no basis. Stag maybe has connotations that are love-like. Okay. I don't know. I'm not hip to what the kids are saying. <laughs> <laughs> Any animal that comes out of my mouth would be a total guess. <laughs> so I will defer to you guys what you think is the best uh, on that one. Okay. I think Matterhorn and Stag. All right, then. All right. So I remember um, seeing Toblerone on a list of hidden animals in logos. I and remember that, too. The hidden animal in the Toblerone logo, I believe, was a bear. Uh, kind Maybe of like, he said food and love just because he really loves Ben or chocolate. <laughs> I think it's the I think the bear's like standing up like this or something with his two hands up. I don't remember exactly, but so we said bear and uh, we both agreed on Matterhorn pretty quickly. All right. Well, the correct answer is the Matterhorn. So you both got that right. And the animal that appears in the negative space of the Toblerone logo is a bear. Yes. Yay. I knew that uh, I'd seen that same quiz, Jonathan. I think yep. it was a Sporkle quiz. Yep. And I, that's, that's why that came to my mind. I can hardly bear that we got that I wrong. I mean, well, well <laughs> she started off with it and just so it didn't have any thunder, but it was first to mind. Yeah. By the way, just as far as timing of the podcast goes, if you all would just stick with your original answers every time, <laughs> you'd be more right and we'd be moving along faster. <laughs> Look at him producing. <laughs> Would have been true on the Iceland question, too. Yeah. Oi. The Iceland? That, that's a different episode. Yes, yeah. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Round He's three. Still question so bitter. number two. Your category is the Dad's Talk podcast. Dad Talk? Dad Talk. Oh, I'm good at Dad Talk. All right. Appearing for the first time in January 2016 as the main character in Disney Junior's The Lion Guard, what is the name of Simba's son? Let me just double check myself. Yeah, this is all you, bud. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> just give, give me a minute. I have no children. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. And the closest thing I had to a child is 19 now, so. <laughs> We're locked in. All right. My brother watches this show and has all these toys, and I feel like it starts with a K or like a Chiron or Kylon sound. I could sit here all day and not come up with the right answer because <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of it. Oh, you have a three-year-old. They're not. <laughs> we haven't gotten around to Lion King yet. We've been watching Frozen and Tangled. So. Oh yeah, no, it's not Lion King. Oh, never mind. I'll line guard <laughs> <laughs> you should check out disney jr for it with the three-year-olds that's right the age where where sebastian was all into it yep and he grew out of it by the age of five 
you watched the Mickey show and like he has, he erects his house looks like him, all the buildings in the city. It's like, he's got some serious ego problems. Mm-hmm. That's actually a running joke in that show. It's Mickey Mouse clubhouse is Donald sitting there going, why does it always look like Mickey? Every time. <laughs> Cause he's the boss. I feel like it's right. Kai Long or something Simba like Simba Jr. <laughs> Do you name it after his dad? Fasa? <laughs> I've got this, like Kylon in my head for some reason. I, I don't know. Maybe Cylons have invaded my mind and I'm just mixing it up. But I think it's something along those lines. Chiron? Kylon? Uh, I think we go with what Nick won off or just go with our first instinct. Yep, I agree. We're going to get this wrong by like a syllable and I'm going to just jump out the window. But I guess we'll lock in with Kylon. All right, please don't jump out the window. But if you take the word lion and put a K where the L is, you get his name. It's Kion. Son of a cat. Kion <laughs> is your correct answer. Yeah. Son of a lion, really. Are we tied up now? We are not tied up now. You're losing now. Oh. oh because oh. of the bonus in the last question. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> sorry yeah. sorry Guys, that I, was I rude you. i do yeah, apologize down, okay. down by two all right question number three your category is weird science weird science nobody else yeah. really come on no oh, I, honestly I, jonathan uh do it most of my category titles are, are song lyrics and song names just because I enjoy hearing you sing. Oh, that's fabulous. I'm down with <laughs> that. the same thing that I do. I'm fabulous. <laughs> uh, Carmela, you and I write very similar quizzes, apparently. Yeah, apparently, because <laughs> I do a lot of song yeah. titles. I, that's the way I write things is with song right. lyrics. All right. Your question. In addition to helium, what is the other non-metallic element that ends with the eum suffix, normally reserved for metals and metalloids? Is that metal? I mean, I don't know if that's metal. If that it doesn't feel like metal to me. All right, we're locked in. So the metals and the metalloids are usually in the middle. Like usually, it's not like it changes. They're in the middle of the periodic table, and then you've got your noble gases flanking the far right. You've got your covalent bonders to the far right, and then you've got alkalines and alkaline earths in the first two columns, and lithium falls in the alkalis and i know it's a salt um because it's easily ionized and that's about as far as i got no that's exactly i know alkaloid earth and alkaloid metals are the two left columns i don't remember which is which but lithium francium or radium are the three that i came up with i yeah. just started uh, writing down elements that ended <laughs> in IUM. i just had Barium, lithium, sodium, magnesium, thallium, calcium. But I don't have, I don't remember enough of my chemistry to know beyond that. So sodium and calcium, are those all second column? Lithium's definitely the far left column because it's a 2S1. So I'm, I'm pretty sure sodium, calcium, barium are all in the same in the second column. Lithium's definitely the first column. Where's where's beryllium fall? Second I think that's column? a transition metal. No, maybe that's the second column. I, I want to say 
lithium is third on the on the periodic. That falls right under hydrogen. hydrogen. And then then it's beryllium. So I think you would be right in that it it falls. But yeah, I mean I know I mean sodium, calcium, potassium. Those are all second column, aren't they? I don't. Th- I know. I think potassium and calcium are. I think sodium has to be in the first column. I know it's right next to calcium. I think. What's it? Eleven. I will say you two have at it because you know more about chemistry than I do. I don't know. I'm going to get my my PhD revoked if I get this wrong, but I can't get off of lithium, Josh. Yes. I mean, that was one of the first three I came up with. And I don't know, radium and francium, those are radioactive. I I don't know. Those don't don't jump out at me. I, I would go with lithium. All right. Lithium it is. All right. Well, I feel good about that because I'm confident that lithium is metal. I remember learning somewhere that it's like one of the lightest metals. You have to make batteries out of it. Yeah. So I feel good that you went with lithium. I thought it was either calcium or sodium. Uh, Now, I don't have any of these rows and columns and alkalis and energizers. And I'm not I don't know any of that jazz. Right. Uh, potassium actually was, I, when he said potassium, I was like, oh crap, is it potassium? Maybe, maybe we missed it there. But Carmel and I fell into a heated debate over calcium and sodium where both of us were saying, I don't think I'm right, but if I had to guess it's this and the other one saying pretty much the same thing. Uh, and I deferred to Carmela because she did say more sciencey type things than I did. <laughs> I felt that sodium was more in the the metal part of the periodic table so we ended up going with and i still don't feel good about it calcium all right so after all of that discussion and all of that back and forth uh, i don't believe anybody even mentioned the right answer sweet the the correct answer is selenium oh (laughs) i had that written on my paper and i didn't say it because i wasn't sure it was a real element I wrote down something that wasn't a real element. I wrote Byzantium. <laughs> <laughs> and almost fooled me with it. Yeah. It, it took a double take before. Wait, that's a city. <laughs> that's not a thing. <laughs> Selenium is a halogen, isn't it? It's those I, damn halogens. <laughs> <laughs> well, after the third round, 44 to 42, Carmela and Jonathan have surged into the lead. <laughs> surged. We barely squeaked into it, sir. Surged. <laughs> All right. Your midpoint question, the category is somewhere over the rainbow. There are four colors in a box of 64 Crayola crayons that have four letter names. For five points apiece, name them. And just for clarification, I'm looking for the name that is written on the wrapper. All right. Reluctant. Okay, well, the four that I came up with are blue, gray, gold, and pink. How many letters are they supposed to have? Four. I thought you said four. Well, I... Yep. So, Erica, I also had blue, gray, gold, and pink. I also had rose, cyan, azul, and plum. I don't know if any of those are in the color wheel. I had rose written down as well, and but I also like plum. I think that's that's a possibility. We just need four, right? 
you you could name a fifth one, but it it would be wrong. There's it, only it would four. be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you if you and I both had blue, gray, gold, and pink, <laughs> Nick, did you have? I wrote down four five letter words. So <laughs> He's a like pox upon green. my house. <laughs> Brown, yellow without the W, black, black and yeah. white. Got it. Nailed it. All right. So, do you definitely want to go with blue? Everybody okay with blue? Love yes. it. Gray. Yep. Yep. Pink. I'm almost positive is in there. Gotta okay. be there. The only one I'm not sure of is gold, but I think it, it's in there. No, I know the colors in there. I don't know if they would call it something else, like you know, have a longer name for it. I feel like cyan should be in there as well as an off blue. But uh, yeah, I, I guess if we both have gold, I know gold's in there, so let's just close it out. Go with gold. We we have our four: blue, gray, golden, pink. I like cyan. Carmella, they named so many great things. Gold <laughs> is definitely right. I'm so depressed that we didn't come up with gold because I'm very confident that gold is in there. <laughs> the thing about these crown boxes, and I've bought quite a few of them at this point, is they give these things some crazy names now. Uh, so, for example, I don't think there is a standard pink. I think there's a bubblegum pink. We argued about blue because I don't... I feel like there may not be a standard blue. There's a midlight, midnight blue. There's a sky blue. There's a blue jean. There's a this kind of, you know what I mean? Cyan sounds so right. Gold sounds right. Rose is pretty Rose good. Rose sounded good. <laughs> Ugh. I, was, I have a brief fact about midnight blue when we're done. Okay, I so. think I was thinking of the, the crayons from my youth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is, and now they're just out there. So um, we ended up locking in with teal, aqua, gray, um, gray and blue, and blue. But I—I I mean, <laughs> I don't even—we may not have even gotten one, honestly. With all like plum, I feel like plum is in there. Yeah, that one sounded good. Yeah. All right. So break it to us there, Nick. Did any of us get any right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, two quick pieces of information about this question. Uh, number one, you, you cannot find a website that will corroborate with any other website on this question. Uh, there is so much information out there and so many different colors and versions and everything. So I did two things. Uh, the first thing I did was I went to the store and I bought, bought a, a box, box of, of crayons. 64 crayons <laughs> and went through line by line and made sure that the question was right. And wrote like uh, 50 and then, questions about crayons. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing I did, I'd like to throw a uh, thank you shout out to Jennifer at Crayola, uh, who works in their public relations department. Uh, I called them up and she got super angry with the question because she didn't have a good answer. And then she called me back about three days later and gave me the official Crayola answer. Wow. Oh, and did it match wow. what was in the box? It, it did match what was in the box that I had. Okay, <laughs> cool. So you got the official answer right? from the company. Yeah. That's dedication. <laughs> that's Nick Groves for you, by the way. Y'all, Nick and I talk pretty frequently. And that's that is such a Nick story. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, so to be honest, uh, D District Trivia and my writers in the company, we have corrected the National Archives. So, wow, cool. Yeah, and NASA for that matter. And nobody is ever happy with us when we ask that question. Mm. Uh, all right, so your correct answer is blue, 
oh. gray, oh. gold, and plum. Oh, oh. oh. I got two. <laughs> All right, we got two. That's that's ten points. So my brief fact about uh, Midnight Blue is uh, it was actually a rename of a crayon uh, that was originally called Prussian Blue. Oh, yeah. So uh, Prussian Blue is still used in paint pigments and stuff like that because I have Prussian blue paint at sure. home, but yeah, yeah, they changed it. Nobody in the knows crayons. what Prussia is. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we don't right. expect five year olds to know what Prussia is, so we're gonna call it Midnight Blue. Yeah, uh, Prussia Prussian blue was in active circulation from 1903 to 1958. Yeah. yeah. So See, uh, how many? He wrote a lot of crayon questions. <laughs> <laughs> how many points did you guys get? They got three. Oh yeah. Oh, we're back behind again. <laughs> Oi! After the midpoint, Josh. And Nick and Erica have 57. Carmela and Jonathan have 54. All right. Round four. Question number one. Your category is music. Music. According to the song, which U.S. state did Chuck Berry's Johnny B. Good hail from? We're locked in. No. I had a different song in my head, and I was is like, it, nope, that's not Johnny B. Good. <laughs> so. Isn't that Louisiana? Yeah, I know this. I know New Orleans is in there. I, I think it is Louisiana. I think Baton Rouge is mentioned in the song. Or Baton Rouge, too. yeah. I should know this. He's Chuck Berry's big in St. Louis. He owns a restaurant there. Yeah, I, I, I'm good I, with Louisiana. I, yeah, Louisiana. like my gut saying Louisiana. Lock that in. All right, Jonathan and Carmela. Way down in Louisiana, close to New Orleans. Back up in the woods among the evergreens, there stood a log cabin made of earth and wood where lived a country boy named Johnny B. Good, who never, ever learned to read or write so well, but he can play a guitar just like a ring and a bell. Go. It's go. Louisiana. <laughs> Louisiana is correct, and uh, more to the point, Jonathan is word for word correct on the opening verse. Nice. But that was one of my favorite songs when I was like in my early teens, yeah. I think. Such a great song. Oh, yeah. And so impossible to play on guitar on, on rock band. Oh, my God. It's hard. <laughs> it's so fast. Everything is so fast. There's a reason he was really good at it. All right. Round four. Question number two. Your category is sports. Sports. The name of which Major League Baseball team's mascot is a triceratops named Dinger? I can lock this in. That's fine with me. <laughs> All right. Let's go for it. All right, they're locked in. Dinger. Baseball team? Yeah, a Triceratops. It's a yellow. No, no. I feel like it might be the Rockies. That's what I was going to say, Rockies. Oh, really? Yeah. Your Colorado have some Colorado in you. Yeah. I was supposed to go to a Rockies game last time. I was in Denver, uh, but I ended up not going. I don't know. It feels like because, you know, they find a lot of dinosaurs out there and stuff like that. It feels purple, too. Yeah, I, I like Rockies. That was my first instinct. Now, if we're going to go with Nick's be like, hey, just go with your first instinct, then that would be the Rockies. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go ahead and go Rockies. I, I think I, just, right. I, I feel good about it. All right, fam. I also locked in with the Rockies. The correct answer is the Colorado Rockies. Woo-hoo! I got a baseball question. <laughs> and would have gotten it without me here. <laughs> All right, your last question of the fourth round is in the category of Televisiones. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Oh, I hope this is Doctor Who. 
<laughs> not for me, but for her. I, I had a couple sets that I wrote with Doctor Who questions in it, uh, Jonathan. That was not set number seven. Thanks. Yeah. He made me pick between seven games. He just said, pick a number from one to seven. Damn. I know. <laughs> I have a writing problem. It's not like you won't use them. I mean, they're yeah. Fact, oh, yeah. still. No, it's, it's me, I'm like struggling to get my game done. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carmela, send me an email. I'll be happy to help out. Woo-hoo. All right. Your question, category once again, is Televisiones. In the TV show Entourage, what was the name of the Pablo Escobar movie that starred Vincent Chase? I don't have it, Carmela. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're locked in. I've never watched that show. <laughs> I've watched the show a few times, uh, a couple episodes, and I'm fairly confident it's uh, it's Medellin after the, the city in Colombia. Sure. I thought all I could think of was cocaine, which sounds really bad <laughs> to say out loud. I have no reason to doubt you, Josh. I've never seen the show, so I'm fine okay. with that. So let's go with Medellin. Carmela, what did we go with? So uh, neither one of us has seen Entourage, but I was pretty confident that it the movie was called Jeremy Piven's Chest Hair. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we locked in with Jeremy Piven's Chest Hair. All of, not just one, all of them. Yeah. All of the chest hair. So I'm pretty sure that Jeremy Piven's in that show. <laughs> Jeremy Piven was in that show. Uh, his chest hair, however, did, uh, while making multiple appearances, was not the subject of the movie. It is named after the city in Colombia. The name of the movie was Medellin. Oy. Josh, you're a legend among men. <laughs> I'm having deja vus to uh, our <laughs> times at Clarendon Grill. All right. After the end of the fourth round, 87 to 74. Josh, Erica, and Nick have regained their lead substantially. They have surged ahead. All right. We move on to round five. Question number one. Your category is R2 in the sky with diamonds. (laughs) Who is the first character to speak in the movie Star Wars A New Hope? And for two bonus points, what was the line? All right. We're locked in. So we get the call. We get the Super Star Destroyer. It's firing on the Tantive Four. We go inside the Tantive Four. It opens up with C-3PO and R2-D2. It's got to be 3PO. I'm pretty sure it's C-3PO who says the first words. So the, I, I agree with that. And then the question is, is he full-on pessimistic yet? With a hitness with a we're doomed? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's quoting the odds. <laughs> Never tell me the odds. Yeah, the only thing I can remember at the beginning is Luke staring at the two <laughs> moons or the two suns and him talking with his uncle. I mean, I like 3PO, Josh. We're done for, something like that. We're done for, or two. Yeah, something along those lines. Something where he's complaining. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I could think is come along, or two. Oh, because they're walking out towards the escape pods. I like that. You want to go with that? Uh, let's go with that. Okay. All right, so C-3PO and come along, R2. Man. <laughs> we said C-3PO. Three, <laughs> that's not what we said. We said C-3PO, and we said 
Come along, R2. Wow. <laughs> I asked this question to a friend of mine because I was trying to judge how hard it was. Uh, and, and then I told him the answer was uh, the first line was R2 and the line was beep, beep, boop, beep, boop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he did not like that. The correct answer is C3PO. And the line was, did you hear that? <sighs> Your category name reminded me of something. Have you ever heard the um, someone did like a whole uh, they redid Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band yes. telling the story yes. of A New Hope. Of, yeah, I've heard the Princess Leia song. Um, so the the Lucy in the Sky one is Luke is in the desert and whining. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So if you haven't heard those songs, please go to YouTube and find them. Yeah, I mean, awesome. As an adult, when you watch those, Luke becomes insufferable in so many different ways. Yeah, I was going to go to Tashi Station and pick up some power converters. <laughs> <laughs> Just shut up and drink your blue milk. <laughs> Round five, question number two. The category is rhyme time. According to the children's rhyme, what color are Miss Mary Max buttons? Uh, Carmela is locked in. All I can think... I mean, I know she's dressed in black. Miss Mary Mac, Mac, Mac. All dressed in black, Mac, Mac. With something silver buttons down her back? Or something, maybe? Oh, dang I've it. never heard of this, and you were so transfixing with your recitation <laughs> that I cede the floor to you entirely. Josh, do you know? I do not, Erica. She's dressed so. in black, and she has... X buttons down her back, I believe. Does it have to be a four-letter color? <laughs> it does not. I will allow you to choose any color oh, you man. wish. Chartreuse. I was going to say black, but now I think her buttons are a different color. All right, I'll say silver. Are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. All right, lock that in. Miss Mary Mac Mac Mac, all dressed in black, 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 with silver buttons, buttons, buttons all down her back, back, back. Is that like a jump rope thing? It's a we used to do it's it's a, a hand it's game. A, yeah, it's a hand oh, game. Okay. Yeah. She asked her mother, <laughs> Good job, mother, Erica. mother for well fifteen done. cents, cents, cents. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Silver. Yeah, she asked her mother for fifty cents to see the elephants jump over the fence. She There's so, so many high, questions high, from high. children. That- <laughs> <laughs> They reached they reach the, sky, the sky. Sky, sky, and she never came back, back, back till the 4th of July, lie, lie. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, so both of us have lyrics stuck in our head, don't we? <laughs> That's a, you know, elementary playground staple for yeah. sure. Well, I'm glad it wasn't like college dorm room stuff. <laughs> we had different games. <laughs> All right, we move on to the final question, round number five. Question number three, and your category is geography. Geography. One of the seven wonders of the ancient world, in which modern-day country was the mausoleum at Heliconarsis? Oh, shoot. All right, we're locked in. I think it's uh, – I'm pretty confident it's going to be Turkey. I think uh, of the seven ancient wonders, the mausoleum and the Temple of Artemis – were Turkey, you know, hanging, Babylon, hanging Gardens of Babylon was Iraq, uh, Alexandria Lighthouse, and Giza pyramids were Egypt, and then uh, the Zeus Temple and the uh, Colossus were Greek. So I don't know, Nick. What do you do? You have any thoughts? 
So it's a running thing in my family and coworkers that I'm very bad at geography. I'm being totally serious when I say that on Wednesday I learned that Thailand is not in the Caribbean. <laughs> so, <Well. laughs> Congratulations. With, I'm proud of you for that. Yeah. Remind me never to ask you to cook me Thai food. <laughs> <laughs> you might not get peanut sauce. In my approximately a year long term playing with Josh at Pub Trivia, he's pretty damn good at geography, so I will go with what Josh thinks. I think we lock in with Turkey then. All right. Carmela, we didn't say Turkey. We didn't say Turkey. I have regrets. You said Turkey for Alexandria. Yeah, I got that mixed up. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, yeah. I definitely felt like it was going to be like an Asia Minor kind of country, because most of those things are going to be in that region. Uh, we end up going with Syria. All right. So the correct answer is Turkey. Nice. That's a bummer. Excellent work. These dadgum smart people. I know. Well, I was like, Damascus is the oldest city. You know, just stick it in there. <laughs> All right. At the end of the fifth round, 117 to 94. We actually fell further behind with our two right that round. But we're not doing bad. They've got the last six in a row right. That's not good for us. Yeah, two perfect rounds in a row in the second half of the game. All right, round six. Question number one. Your category is, we have to go back. Marty. <laughs> With Ant-Man and the Wasp being the most recent, what was the first full-length feature film based on the characters from Marvel Comics? Uh, just as a clarification, you don't mean MCU, right? That, that is correct. Okay. And it had to be a comic before it was a film, right? Yes. All right, we're locked in. Guys, this may sound crazy, but I think it's everyone's favorite lecherous foul, Howard the Duck. <laughs> wow. I have no idea. <laughs> he was definitely a Marvel comic. He was definitely out in what? The late the 70s, 80s. early 80s? Because it had Leah Thompson in it. That's right. Leah Thompson. Oh. <laughs> she married the director. So uh, the only question I have is I know there are some pretty cheesy movies in the 80s that had like, you know, there's a Captain America movie that had really bad special effects. And those were full length feature films. I don't know if they were released in theaters, if they went straight to video. <sighs> I don't know. Um, but I, yeah, Nick, I didn't even consider Howard the Duck, but the. That was that was full length feature and that was released in theaters and that uh, yeah that was comic base. I mean we're talking this is post Back to the Future right? I mean this is eighty six or eighty seven. Uh, the category name was We Have to Go Back. Leah Thompson. So there it is. Howard the Duck. Yep. All right. Well, lock it in. Let's go. Howard the Duck. Jonathan. Yeah, we sucked. I really wish we said Howard the Duck. Uh, as soon as he said Howard the Duck, I'm like, well, that's a better answer than ours because yeah. it's definitely right in all the different categories. My only question then becomes whether Swamp Thing was before Howard the Duck or not. I don't because know. Because Swamp Thing was, we didn't think about Marvel at all, but Swamp Thing was also Marvel. Yeah, I'm not sure about Swamp Thing. Um, but yeah, and then we went with. Uh, Nothing. We didn't answer anything. We just passed. <laughs> no the answer we did go with i'm i'm sad that we went with it because the director is a piece of shit, and that was x-men 
All right. Uh, so a little bit of information. Jonathan, the Swamp Thing was 1982. However, the Swamp Thing is a DC comic character. Mm. Uh, the Nick Fury movie with what's his face? David Hasselhoff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. This, this is 1998. The Captain America, the only thing they had in theaters was a 1944 black and white serial. The, the one you're thinking of with the really bad special effects, I think, was part of a TV show or something along those lines. Your correct answer, however, is 1986's Howard the Duck. <laughs> nice job. Good teamwork, guys. Man, yeah. and Nick Nick was so good on that question. He came strong. That was really good. Oh, man. Yeah, I he feel... had the thunder. All right. Question two for round number six. I fought the law, and the law won. As we all hopefully know... A democracy is a government headed by individuals elected by the people. What group heads the government in a stratocracy? Can you spell that? Yep, it is S-T-R-A-T-O-C-R-A-C-Y, stratocracy. Wow. I know it's stupid. It seems completely unreasonable. But is it possible? (laughs) All right, we're locked in. Guys, this is going to sound crazy, but I think it's a guild of sentient Fender Stratocasters. <laughs> Named Howard. <laughs> I, yeah, I absolutely thought you were going to say this is crazy, but the answer is Howard the Duck. <laughs> I thought he was asking me to call him. Maybe. Or it could be government by table, perhaps. Oy. <laughs> Josh is still hurting from that one. Be I gentle. <laughs> To say you you may laugh, but that's going to be one of those facts that you will never forget. Never forget now. Yeah. Watch me. What, wait, wait. <laughs> Which question was this? Uh, what is Mensa? Mensa? Oh yeah, no, I had already forgotten. <laughs> File that away for that the three hundredth episode. Yeah. Uh, Damn. Yeah, actual. Scott. Damn, remember Scott. that one? <laughs> I don't know. Stratocracy. Stratification. The only thing that – those were the two words that came to my mind, too. And the only thing that I could think of was military, but I don't think that's it. Could be like a, a generals or – Josh, this is, your, this is your thing. Yeah. Josh would do well in that government. <laughs> uh, what's, in, uh, what's the title of this category again? We the People? Uh, I fought the I law fought, and the I law won. The law won. All right. So what does that tell us? The police? A police state? Well, I mean, the military has their ranks. We love our ranks, and that's just uh, you know another way of saying you know stratification. I feel like there's, there should be another word, shouldn't there, for a military-run government? I thought there was something else. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, should we just call this and, and say military? I don't think any of us is coming up with yeah, that's better fine. alternatives. Yeah, I'm stumped other than that. That's my only idea. Okay. We'll lock in with military. So I decided to think out of the box because this felt like it was going to be an out of the box answer. Okay. I was searching for the prefix in other words, and I ran across stratosphere and I thought to myself, well, okay, the stratosphere is high up. Is it possible that this is governing based on height where the tallest people are in charge? 
And so we locked in with the tallest people. I, I think you just want a system of government where you get to be the leader. <laughs> Unfortunately, we would all be run by basketball players. That's true. Yeah. But you're up there. No, I'd be a high ranking official. <laughs> I'd be in the mid range somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. No, no. I'm less than a foot shorter than you. Okay. <laughs> so are the majority of all people. No, f*** off. <laughs> all right. Your correct answer, uh, Stratos is Greek for army. The correct answer is the military. Damn it! <laughs> oh, I'm so irritated by that. I can't believe you got that right. I thought there was another word for it, too. Oh. So... You you have your uh, your juntas is another word for it or I thought of hunta yeah huntas or kudetas yeah yeah the uh, the difference between a stratocracy and all of the other forms of military run government is that the laws support the military that's in place as opposed to it being a show of force. All right, question three. Question three. The category is Making the Dope. Occurring in the Dancing Homer episode of season two, which singer and founder of the Frank Sinatra School of Arts was the first celebrity to appear as themselves on The Simpsons? Oh, my God. All right. We're locked in. Is this the one where he's like at the baseball game or something and he's like dancing and then the the audience really likes it so he sort of becomes like the mascot or something yes that's the episode i thought where he becomes uh the mascot for the isotopes and he gets called up to go to capital city yeah um (laughs) (laughs) but the the frank sinatra thing the only the thing that sticks in my mind and i'm sure it's not it because she does not have a sense of humor (laughs) was i thought of Sinead O'Connor and the Saturday Live where she rips up the picture and then like Frank Sinatra, Phil Hartman playing Frank Sinatra. Anyways, I don't know. My, that's where my crazy mind went, but I don't think Sinead O'Connor would be on <laughs> The Simpsons. No, so I mean, I, I thought of other crooners, so I, I thought uh, Sammy Davis Jr., Mel Torme, uh, Dean Martin. I don't think... Sammy Davis was on The Simpsons. Mel Torme sounds familiar. Uh, see, I, I remember Mel Torme being on Seinfeld. So I don't watch The Simpsons, but I latched onto dancing and couldn't get past Fred Astaire, but I don't know when he died. What was the, the name? Can you repeat the name of the Frank Sinatra School, whatever? <laughs> uh, Frank Sinatra School of Arts. Well, Sammy, Sammy Davis was known for being able to do a little dancing as well, right? Yeah, he was part of the Rat Pack. He, he, he died in the late 80s, early 90s. I mean, it would have been right around that time. Yeah. Josh, I think you, you, had, you had better logic than my mixed-up recollection of an SNL skit, so... <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll go with, with Mel Torme. Locked in. All right, Chris and Jonathan. Chris and Jonathan. All right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jonathan and Carmella. Oh, I'm, 
Her Somebody f- just submitted an episode on the uh, the archive that is putting together, and it was an episode with Chris you and John. made her That's very what I was sad. Saying. Very sad. I, I, I apologize. We, I have way more hair. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Better looking, too. Let's be honest. Uh, we went the Rat Pack uh, way, uh, chose a Rat Pack person who danced, and we said Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, all right. The correct answer, uh, the founder of the Frank Sinatra School of Arts is Tony Bennett. Oh. Huh. That makes sense. Did you know I'm related to Tony Bennett? He's like my eighth cousin, twice removed or something ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, I probably am too. <laughs> if you want to go that far, I was say, <laughs> did you know that Tony Bennett was the founder of the Frank Sinatra School of Arts? <laughs> I do now. <laughs> All right, going into the gauntlet. Erica, Nick, and Josh have 137. Carmela and Jonathan have 94. So what's our gauntlet category? Your gauntlet category is signs, signs, everywhere the signs. All right. Our wager is locked in. Our wager is locked in. Thanks for that, uh, robot Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your first question in the gauntlet. When the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, are the opening lines to what song? We're locked in. We're locked in. All right. Your second question. What is the largest country by area through which the Tropic of Capricorn passes? All right. We're locked in. We're locked in. And your last question of the gauntlet. The breast cancer awareness ribbon was originally created by Charlotte Haley as the symbol of a grassroots campaign to bring attention to the lack of government funding allocated to the disease. Prior to 1992, what color was the ribbon? All right, we're locked in. All right. Lock I'll, it in. I'll lock it. We'll lock in. All we're right. locked in. <laughs> well, we're about to find out who wins and who loses in this game. <laughs> Let's run it through it again, Nick. Don't All tell right. us who's right or wrong, though. Yep. Your first question. When the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, are the opening lines to what song? We said the age of Aquarius. We said Aquarius. All right. Your second question. What is the largest country by area through which the Tropic of Capricorn passes? We argued a lot about this, but eventually we were hoping that it stretches far enough south, and we said Brazil. That uh, We came up with three countries, and uh, we went with Brazil as well as hoping it went far enough south. We, we, we had the exact, exact same argument. Exact same conversation. <laughs> same countries and everything. Yeah, except for I was trying to argue that China wasn't as far south as either one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and your last question. The breast cancer awareness ribbon was originally created by Charlotte Haley as the symbol of a grassroots campaign to bring attention to the lack of government funding allocated to the disease. Prior to 1992, what was the color of the ribbon? This is where the rubber's going to meet the road, I think. We weren't sure. We guessed white. So uh, we decided on red. All right, Nick, let's go back through and give us the answers. All right, your first question, moon in the seventh house, Jupiter aligning with Mars. The correct answer is Aquarius. Oh. So it's uh, I am accepting both because the full title of the song is Aquarius slash Let the Sun Shine It. 
So both of you had Aquarius. Both of you got it right. Carmela's feeling apologetic towards me right now <laughs> because I was arguing for the slash let the sunshine part. And she was like, that is not the same song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it'll make you feel better or worse. But if one of you had gotten it 100% right, then I may have come to a different decision. Yeah. Oh, fair so. enough. All right. Uh, your second question. The Tropic of Capricorn passes through this large country. Uh, it is Brazil. All right. All right. And your last question. The color of the uh, breast cancer awareness ribbon before it was pink. It was peach. Peach. Was oh. oh. For real? Yeah. I like your logic, though. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, they're going to be right. And then, uh, and then you would have felt real bad because <laughs> I was advocating for red, but it doesn't matter because peach, I don't think any of us thought of. No, definitely nope. didn't think of peach. And so no there's one got it. no way for you guys to lose unless you bet really big. What did you wager? We wagered 13 juicy points. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured you'd wager somewhere in that neighborhood. We decided that we liked the idea of being random and we bet it all so with a final score of 124 to zero our champions this week are erica josh and nick congratulations Yay! oh man you guys played a really (laughs) strong game that was it was that was impressive you got triumvirated (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, I don't feel good about that Now it is time for our promotions in the Trivial Warfare Army First up, we have a group of new lieutenants David Mears, Daniel Radersma, Brian Walston, Allison Pilliard, Robert Burgess, Julia N., Brian Sparks, Christina Faciana, Trevor Reith Laura Knobloch, Paige Kroll, Mary Catherine Nunez-Reese, John Height, Stephen Pezzi, Brandon Plute, Sarah Lynn Ackerman, Sergio and Shannon, Robert, Greg Sechrist, Daniel Beckett, Brent Schultz, Gage Meyer, Mark Thomas, Caitlin Southron, and Dorothy leave it. That's over a month worth of new signups at the lieutenant level. Thank you all so much. That is fantastic. I really appreciate you. I hope you're enjoying all of the new content. We also have Corbin Clifton has joined us as a new captain. Thank you, Corbin. Sam Buck is a new colonel. Welcome, Sam. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Paul Boyer is now a captain in the TWA. Thank you, Paul. Derek Chopel has promoted himself from captain to major. Awesome, Derek. Thank you. And congratulations on the new baby girl, my friend. I'm very excited for you. Mads Roscar is a new major in the Trivial Warfare Army. Welcome, Mads. Thank you. Brittany Shaw is a new captain in the TWA. Welcome, Brittany. Donald Gordon has promoted himself from lieutenant to captain. Awesome, Donald. Thank you. Don Thompson is a new captain. So is Craig Roberts. Welcome, guys. Thank you. KT Lindemann is a new captain. Thank you, KT. Brianna Kay is a new private in the TWA. Welcome, Brianna. 
And last but not least, Joss Bowmaster has promoted himself from sergeant to major. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Joss. Thank you to everybody who signed up over the last couple of months to get access to all of the content that we're putting out and to uh, to support what we're doing here at Trivial Warfare. We love you guys and we appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, give you guys a chance to do some shout outs or to uh, promote a cause that you're interested in. Uh, Nick W, we'll start with you. I want to start out by saying thanks for having me on. This is always a great time and uh, great to get to reconnect with Josh and keep the keep the streak alive. Um, always happy to give a shout out to the NDSS, National Down Syndrome Society. They do a lot of great work advocating for equal rights and equal education for students with special needs. You can visit their website at ndss.org um, and find out how you can get involved or how you can be part of any of their many campaigns. Very cool. Uh, Mr. Winrick. Uh, hey, guys. So, Jonathan, uh, I think two months ago you had uh, the women from this uh, information on Julia and uh, Lawrence. I've been downloading all their episodes, and they had a recent episode on Eleanor Roosevelt, who uh, was very involved with the March of Diamonds. So after reading some of that organization about uh, you know strong babies, healthy babies, and having two young ones of my own, uh, I would just encourage uh, everyone to uh, to look at that and to to help that uh, charity out. That's uh, a very noble char- uh, charitable cause. Absolutely, for sure, uh, Miss Johnson. So I will just do a shout out to all my fellow Wahoos who are part of the TWA. Oh wow, and- Ramona Rice, she's talking to you, <laughs> Wahoo Wah, Wahoo Wah, and. Um, I will promote, you know, the National Ovarian Cancer Coalition, um, near and dear to my heart, uh, as I mentioned on the last show, two-time cancer survivor. So uh, please maybe think about donating to, to that worthy cause. Absolutely. And Mr. Nick Groves, we will wrap up with you, my friend. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, I can uh, let everybody know that uh, I am on a podcast called We Don't Know Either. You can check it out. It is a bunch of interesting facts and random conversations, and it's short. It's 22 minutes, so you can check it out on your commute in and out of work. Uh, And once again, I'd like to promote the Trivial Warfare Army Facebook group uh, and specifically the project that we are calling the Great Trivial Warfare Debrief. Uh, (laughs) We're we're trying to get – all of the questions and contestants and information from every episode of Trivial Warfare uh, written down and in one place where everybody can access to it. Like Jonathan said, there's a post on the Facebook uh, page. So if you want to help out, check it out. Sign up for a slot. And really, when the uh, when the job or the task is listening to an episode of Trivial Warfare, is it really a job? Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm glad that we've repurposed that name because the first time we did the great Trivial Warfare debrief, we didn't get anybody to take their underwear off. And I mean, <laughs> it, it felt like a real failure. So I'm glad we're getting to recycle that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is going to wrap us up. So for Nick and Nick and Josh and Erica and Carmela, I'm Jonathan. And this has been another episode of Trivial Warfare where it's not just trivia. It's war. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Trivial Warfare. To learn more about the show and become a warhead yourself, visit TrivialWarfare.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or in any other good podcast app. And find us on Facebook or Twitter. 
by searching Trivial Warfare. Warm It Up was written and performed by Matthew Stevens. This episode was edited and produced by me, Joel Sharpton. If you need help with your podcast, find it at propodcastingservices.com. And I was searching for... Oh, excuse me. He's searching for a yawn. Damn it, Jonathan. <laughs>